3: NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We're here with the August 16th edition. I've got Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, and Jason Bolin talking about NFL topics this week and what we're going to do with the regular season. My goodness, only what, three weeks away? We're going to chat about players that are on the hot seat. Um, I have asked the group to come up with three per person, so we should get 12. They might double up a little bit. We shall see. But hot seat, not necessarily coaches. I don't know if the guys are going to mix it in any coaches, but for sure, players. First, we're going to talk about our sponsor, who is BetOnline, and they are your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all of your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use this promo code, BLEAV. BLEAV. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money, folks. Bet online where the game starts. It's the NFL Trend Zone on Wednesday, August 16th. Uh, we have, I was talking to Cody Spears off air with a countdown. We are three weeks away from regular season football. That chas begins to, week one kicks off, I should say, on. September 7th, which is three weeks from Thursday, and that will be the Chiefs hosting the Lions, and then after that, a full slate of games on that Sunday. What we're doing tonight with Jason Bowen and Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, is talking about hot seat players, and when I made my list, I quickly realized this might turn into a quarterback exercise, which is more than okay, because most of the time, those dudes are held accountable for football teams, but we shall start. We have uh, not quarterbacks, but players. And if they're quarterbacks, so be it on the hot seat. Cody, why don't you kick us off with uh, a man near the top of your list? Hot seat players 2023
4: go. Who me? I'm sorry. Yeah. I was that is eye- you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was putting in eye <laughs> drops. Uh, yeah. So for me, um... My hot seat player, the first one, is Dak Prescott. Given a weak NFC and arguably the best roster in it, it's a massive disappointment that the Cowboys haven't made it past the divisional round. After seven seasons in Dallas, that could change. The Cowboys have not only spent the offseason upgrading Prescott's available weapons with the addition of Brandon Cooks, but they also upgraded their team's defense uh, with the addition of uh, cornerback Stephon Gilmore, which, as a number two cornerback, this guy won defensive MVP like what, like three, four years ago? So with the defense slated to once again be among the top units in the NFL, Prescott, this is his chance to put his job security to rest and lock up an extension over the next couple of years. Um, Or or else... uh, I'm, my bad sorry Dallas could get some uh cap relief by extending Dak Prescott but they haven't done so yet their next potential trial is in 2024 but it's going to be with a massive cap hit of 61 million dollars <laughs> so I mean the the decision to not extend a Dak is definitely going to turn up the heat and this is a guy who led the league with 15 interceptions last year despite missing five games so I mean uh, to go with him being eight and four with a 66 percent completion rate and 23 touchdowns, Jerry Jones stated already uh, this summer at camp that um, what he what happened last year is not what he expects. What la- what last year represented relative to turnovers was unexpected, and that he expects his team to make it to the playoffs and make it past the divisional round, something that Dak Prescott has never done. At this point, Callan Coward was right whenever he said, this is just Kirk Cousins with better PR. Dak <laughs> has been great, but he plays on a team that flies way too close to the sun.
3: Right now, the Cowboys, since they drafted Prescott in 2016, every single year, they are relevant uh, with Prescott in at the helm, and they kind of just continued the Tony Romo area, era. But the problem is, they stare around at all these quarterbacks like Mahomes and Burrow, and he's not quite that good. And so they've built out around a team around him, even with a large contract that looks pretty sexy on paper. But at some point, uh, (laughs) these early playoff exits are going to catch up with him. And I don't know. I know Jerry Jerry Jones is incredibly loyal, but I'm right there with you. He was on my list. I I made a list of about 10 because I had a feeling that we'd start to double up. But Dak, I can make an argument. has the hottest seat, at least per leeway or reputation. Uh, He turned 30 this summer. And, you know, sometimes it kind of feels like he's still 25, but no, 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 no such luck for, for Dak Prescott. Jason, who's the first on your list?
1: You know, I, I gosh, I'm going to throw out a couple right now that Mm -hmm. everybody is going to just look at me and do like, dude, these guys, these guys are not on the hot seat. They never will be, but I, and I'm going to follow this up with a question. So I'm going to put on this list and, and I know that they're not literally on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. And like I just mentioned, probably never will, but Justin Herbert. And Josh Allen, I'm going to throw right on this list just for just for a second, I'm going to ask you something after after this here. So my question is this: in the '90s, early '90s to about '96 or '97, from about '88 to '88 to '97, until the Broncos won the Super Bowl, the the the, the NFL was dominated by the NFC mm-hmm. quarterbacks out of the NFC, whether it would be Aikman, Young, um, Brett Favre, and then. Um, at the end of the eighties, they and a couple different like Phil Sims, I think, but they, they didn't dominate like those other guys I just mentioned. Ed. So we have Mahomes already and Burrow, like you just mentioned. Where do these other guys mm-hmm. rank in this list? Like, I mean, are you are they ever going to win? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not so sure that they will. And I, Allen, maybe Herbert. I'm not thinking so unless they get a new coach in there immediately. I think these guys are both crowned crown jewels already by almost all national media and Herbert, no matter how piss poor the coaching is, you cannot, you cannot let that happen. (laughs) I I know that these guys are young, all things considered, but I mean, come on.
3: Yeah. I think they have the distinct disadvantage each season for the next 12, 15 years. They're going to have to get through Mahomes and Burrow. So, yeah. uh, and that's 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 that assumes that Lamar Jackson is going to play forever. Deshaun Watson's not going to be good. Caleb Williams doesn't go to the AFC. Uh, Kyler Mill, Kyler Murray, oh, not Kyler Murray. I guess he's not in the NFC, AFC, but. Yeah, yeah, it's a murderer's row there, and I guess I'd like to think if Matthew Stafford could be surrounded with a team that I'm pretty darn sure Herbert and Allen can do it, but I don't think it will be a a dominant run like Mahomes seems poised and is already doing, Uh, but certainly I think those are fair hot seat to the extent that at least reputation or for the media scrutiny. I don't think anybody believes that truly Allen or Herbert would be an employment hot seat, but the way that you look at them, Burrow and Mahomes are going to be the standard indefinitely because they're just so damn good. Yes, exactly. And you phrased that perfectly. Wes, who's your first hot seat
2: dude? Well, according to uh, Ryan Clark, Justin Jefferson (laughs) should be (laughs) top of that list. What? That fucking guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we'll get to the matter. At hand. Who, is, who is Ryan Clark anyway? Who is yeah. that guy? <laughs> it was a safety Steelers. I, I, for I the could stealer. go off, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I, I will refrain. Um, yeah. My first one is Kenneth Walker, the third. Ooh, a running back. All right. Seattle drafted Zach Charbonnet in the second round, and he offers a better running profile than the home run hitting Walker. Uh, Walker did finish last year with uh, 1,050 yards and nine touchdowns, but he did so inefficiently. Uh, he had the worst success rate in football last year amongst running backs with 100 or more attempts. Uh, he was also last in the league at gaining positive yards per rush. He averaged a 7.5 target share per game, which tends more to the the fantasy side of things, but mm-hmm. uh, Walker saw all Uh, 10 of Seattle's goal line carries inside the 10-yard line, uh, only converting on one of them. Uh, Early season struggles from Walker or a more efficient approach from Charbonnet uh, could have Walker relegated to the second string. Uh, He himself was a second-round pick in 2022, uh, but Seattle spent another second this year for a reason. And any slip up, Walker will be on the bench.
4: Yeah, and Zach Charbonnet looked good too. Yeah, me and uh, Lewisine in the lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first
3: one is predictably a quarterback, and I think it. I have to say it out. I have to get it out there. It's Kyler Murray, and there's a couple reasons for it. No fault of his own, the injury. Uh, we don't have any idea. I don't have any idea when he's going to be back as QB one. I don't think it'll be week one. And that leads me to believe that if they, they're going to take it easy with them and he's not back until you know October, November, by that time, the Cardinals are probably going to be staring at one in six or so. And uh, Wes has talked about on the show, I think twice, that they have probably two first top five picks coming to them if they, A, aren't very good, and then B, the Texans are what we think they'll be just kind of good, not really great. They're going to have two top 10 picks, I should say. And at that point, it doesn't really matter how good Kyler Murray is, because if you're able to get Caleb Williams and he lives up to the hype, then you would just draft him. I, I like to use NBA analogies. And let's assume that Caleb Williams, Wes's guy at USC, let's assume that he is going to be the next big deal. This would be similar to hanging out in 2002 and you have the opportunity to get the first overall pick to draft LeBron in the NBA. Would a general manager of uh, like the Suns who had Stefan Marbury at age 25 or Steve Francis, who was age 25 or 26 with the Rockets? Would they be like, nah, we're good. We got Steve Francis. We got Stefan Marbury. We don't need that first overall pick. Mm -hmm. I would hope they wouldn't think that way. And that's kind of what the Cardinals will be dealing with, with Kyler Murray as Steve Francis or Kyler Murray as Stefan Marbury. He's a good quarterback, but he may not be as the, the word thrown around too often generational as Caleb Williams. So they're going to have this very strange situation where Kyler's hurt. And then once he gets back, you might have a high draft pick and enough uh, capital to get Caleb Williams and do the thing. So whenever Kyler Murray gets back, I think he's on the hot seat. He has to look like a God
4: to convince them not to draft Caleb Williams or or Drake May. Oh, the irony of how you're now doubting the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And I have the opposite stance on Kyler Murray. I think that this guy, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back by October, but a lot of people are saying something about maybe them drafting Caleb Williams, and I'm hesitant on it. I've bought Kyler Murray and Dynasty in in a couple leagues this summer because in my mind, they are going to get a lot of great pieces by not drafting a quarterback, or even if they do end up in a position with Caleb Williams, what Mm -hmm. if they do what the Bears did and uh, trade down and get even more capital and build a super team around Kyler. I do want to point out and I, I'm not like some contract whiz, but it's 96 million dollars dead cap this year to cut him and 81 next. So I mean, it would totally be a weird situation. I don't know if trading them messes around with that dead cap at all, but I so that's really what I thought that's what I
3: thought when the buy. theories started uh, what four or five months ago. But then, when I saw Rodgers get traded to New York and nobody cared at all about yeah, dead cap, I, I realized that even though the dead cap <laughs> sucks, th- it can be finagled, um, or at least in the court of public opinion. Uh, so I'm right there with you. And, I, and, yeah, I, and nobody's batting an eye at that. Nobody, no. Not anymore. <laughs> no, Nobody even talks about it. No, nope, no. Nope. When he signed that huge contract last year at the Packers, we all scratched our head. And then uh, I remember tweeting about and reading others' tweets about this dead cap hit they're going to have to incur. And, and then it's, no, uh, it's like all right. It hasn't well, hasn't affected either team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. The Packers can probably feel it, you know, in their when their heads hit the pillow at night. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And I just I I don't know if the new leadership regime in the in the Cardinals, if if they really do have the first pick, second pick, or third pick, if they're married to Kyler Murray, who has a very outward reputation a reputation of being moody and brash and play when he wants to play almost. So um, <clears throat> that's why I think he's on the hot seat, because you have a new general manager who doesn't have any loyalty to Kyler Murray, at least yeah, exactly. uh, from What I can gather. Who's your next
4: one? Uh, let's see. We are to Cody. So my next one is Mac Jones from the Patriots. Boom. And And this is what you're talking about. You wanted me to be able to come forth and say something <laughs> negative about a young quarterback. And I've spoken <laughs> highly of Mac Jones, literally this summer with the Patriots. But let's take it from the other angle. Bill Belichick needs Mac Jones to succeed in 2023. Rumors circulated about Bill Belichick being on the hot seat this year. Patriots insider Tom Curran has said, Robert Kraft has pointed out a number of times, I'm anxious. I want results. Kraft has already made it clear back in March that he needs the Patriots to make the playoffs and win a playoff game for the first time in five years. They haven't done that since Tom left. Now that we know that the Pats have one of the hardest schedules, are we so sure that Bill needs Mac what if Bill just needs a competent QB? Mm-hmm. So if things don't go right, say with the rough opening stretch, this is how they start. It's with the Eagles, Dolphins, Jets, and Cowboys, and Saints. It's all some pretty formidable mm-hmm. defenses. And then they finally draw the Raiders in week six, which has an asterisk next to it because Josh McDaniels probably has some familiarity, at least with the type of defenses that Bill Belichick runs. <clears throat> So, yes, Mac Jones has taken the majority of starter reps in practice. But let's not forget about Zappy Hour, Bailey Zappy, the fourth-round <laughs> rookie last year. Bill is notorious for making unfin- unconventional calls on his roster for the betterment of the team, and Billy is yet to declare a starting QB this season, going all the way back to last offseason. Then there was the beef about Mac Jones, or not last offseason, back, uh, back to the end of the season. Then there was beef about Mac Jones going outside of the circle with trust for help on the Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, uh, diabolically sabotaging the season. And when he returned to home field, Mac was booed while Zappi was cheered on the sideline to replace him. So, I mean, at one point last year, it wasn't so far-fetched that Bailey Zappi was taking over this job. Zappi ended last season 2-0 and as a starter with a 70% completion rate, 780 yards, five touchdowns, and three interceptions. Wow. Mic drop. What does Belichick think of Mac Jones? Anybody know? <laughs> uh, probably not very highly after. I, mean, <laughs> I, like, I I don't have the quotes from whenever the whole. I would have thought by now, a- Belichick would have said
1: something to be like, dude, I need I need a quarterback in here.
4: I mean, what are you doing? So, I mean, I wonder
1: who's really saying, you know, Mac Jones should just stay here and just continue to start.
4: Probably I'm saying who? huh who? <laughs> who
2: mac I, jones, come I on, think jones. <laughs> that's it i
3: think we uh was it right before the draft i think there was some hubbub about whether or not jones would even be the quarterback this year and
4: i don't know if they tried to shop him or if that was just the rumor mill but whenever yeah. i wrote down raiders in this little piece that i was making about mac jones I had this thing to where I'm like, man, what if Mac Jones by the end of the year at the trade deadline? What if he's a raider? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it would make I, sense. And it
1: then would, Jimmy, it would make Jimmy sense. G just needs to go back to, you
4: know, New England. Oh, at that, at that point I'm assuming Jimmy G's done for the year and they're looking at fourth round rookie Aiden <laughs> O'Connell or um Brian Hoyer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hoyer. <laughs> Jason, oh, who's your next hot seat player? Well,
1: you know, I was going to, I was going to, I had Kyler Murray on my list as well for a lot of the same reasons that you just mentioned. And I just, I saw a clip of him the other day and how he, he, he gave some kind of an interview. I forgot what it was all about. Wasn't really paying any kind of attention, but yeah, I, I'd be concerned if I was him, I think a little bit, but no, my, my, I'm going to be a homer again. The entire Denver Broncos offense should be on the hot seat. And I think <laughs> that they are, um, and I believe that if they don't even produce, even they have to do something this year. And if they don't, they're all gone. Every single one of them, including Ross, every single one of them are out of there. We'll start over.
3: Wow. And that's just like uh, a fear you had, or is that you established this after the first? Preseason well, I, game? I would have to imagine. I would know. Not, I thought that, you know, I mean, you know, they, they,
1: it was preseason. I didn't mind some of the stuff that they did, but I would have to think though, as Sean Payton comes into this team. It, it, it was clear from the get-go that he wasn't really sold on any of these receivers. Yeah, um, and you know, I think he, I think he does like Javante Williams. I think there's a few pieces on there that he does like, but this was all inherited for him. And uh, you know, the whole time, Broncos fans, including myself, pretty much entire Denver media has all done nothing but talk about how good these guys could be. You know, get him a quarterback, then we'll see, you know, do this. And then we'll see, get him an offensive coach. Then we'll see Sean Payton's probably just sitting there thinking, God, I can't wait till this season's over. We can cut bait with so many of these guys and just, I, we could do things my way. I got to believe that because of that kind of mindset that I think he has, I don't know. I don't know Sean Payton that well yet, but I have to believe that he would be the type of guy that says we need to tear this entire thing down and start over.
4: Why does he hate Greg Dulcich?
1: <laughs> I don't know that he does. He actually complimented Dulcich a few times. And that, hey, you know, hey, that those compliments don't come too often from that guy. <laughs> Dulcich. Weird Al Dulcevich.
4: Yeah. How, there, how, can, you how can you hate that guy? I know, can but it. Denver's sacrificing a great young tight end every year at this point. Last year was Albert O. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hard telling, really. I But I who knows
5: what they're going to do. Cody, you were talking about... For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender.
0: Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. (laughs) But when you use Fresh Step cat litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy, thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step clumping cat litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step cat litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its
1: Use Clorox products as directed.
3: Mm, uh, well, we were both talking about Kyler Murray, and in one of my dynasty leagues that we drafted, it was actually like, one of the only leagues I had without Wes, uh, my my family dynasty league. I got Kyler in the, uh, the 21st round. It wasn't uh, Superflex. It was a regular uh, type of PPR league. But yeah, nobody, and everybody shied the hell away from him. So mm-hmm. I got, I ended up getting Fields, Richardson, and Kyler.
4: Oh no, yep. Richard! That's such a great trio. I got <laughs> Kyler in so many spots just because nobody wanted him. Yeah, and like the, this value is the time to get him for me. Yeah, I'm over here like, well, I guess I have to take him. I've already taken three quarterbacks to start this draft, but I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'll trade him a year from now.
3: Yeah, what is he? Twenty six. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, and he plenty of time. The,
4: the I, I told you how I've been watching these YouTube docu series from like twenty one of the teams, mm-hmm. and he shows up a lot in the Cardinals one, and they're always like worshiping Kyler Murray, and then he's he looks like he's doing a lot of workouts. I'm not a doctor or anything, but that's why I'm feeling kind of confident in Kyler Murray. Also. Yeah. All right, Wes, who's your second hot seat player?
2: Uh, kind of low hanging fruit, but uh, I, I. Uh... I was looking at players that could be replaced uh, either before the season begins or, uh, you know, a couple games into the season. Uh, So I targeted Baker Mayfield. I had Uh, him, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No guarantee that he exits camp as the number one option. Uh, Third year pro Kyle Trask spent the last two years learning under Tom Brady. Uh, He has a familiarity with the system and spent time in a Florida offense where he spread the ball around. Um, It's possible Mayfield ends up with the early nod from the coaching staff, but early season struggles could lead the team to see what they have in uh, Trask. Yeah, I had him.
3: This is his second sa- second consecutive year going into a training camp with a new team, and all he has to do is beat some dipshits out to win QB one. And if it, if we look up, and we probably will, and they finished five and twelve or some shit like that, then he's going to be labeled rightfully so a QB two for the rest of days that might spring up and you know, look like Nick Foles every once in a while in a good way. But yeah, this is, and I think I even said the same thing about him last year. Like this is his last best chance. Because if we would have had this show together, my God, what, four years ago, we'd be talking about how how good the Browns are getting baby and Stefanski's there and Baker, they finally got their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how fast the life comes at you. Speaking of the Browns, I have Deshaun Watson on my list because, uh, A, he's already the villain. He's the number, NFL's number one with the bullet villain because of his own antics. And he played like garbage last year and nobody cared because folks thought it would happen. He was rusty. Uh, but now he doesn't, I don't think, have that leash anymore. Um, it, He's up there in terms of the highest paid quarterbacks, especially in the guaranteed money he got in that trade and try guess sign and trade or however you want to phrase it. And I just think that in unison with Kevin Stefanski in a brutal division, they've got to do well. They can't just go seven and 10 and say, yep, well, next year is going to be the year that Watson finally gets back to form. Because in terms of the Watson that we know as a showstopper, the last time that happened was 2019. Now he personally was pretty damn good in 2020, but the organization was crumbling around him. He requested a trade. All of his, I guess, crimes came out and now we've been low on him ever since. But because he has a full off season, he's paid out the wazoo. He's got a pretty damn good supporting cast, especially on defense. He's got to start winning, and I think that all has to do with his his paycheck and the expectations in Cleveland. So good luck going against the Steelers, Ravens, and Bengals six times per year. Oh God, yeah, jeez, <laughs> and the expectations there
1: are crazy. Um, yeah. They have to create a mental headwind for him, I would imagine. So. Oh
3: yeah, and I think most. Of the world outside of Cleveland is rooting for him to fail because yeah. yeah they would I think we love a story like that where a guy gets his comeuppance and you know I I certainly <laughs> believe in second chances and everything but this one I don't know if we ever really had like a, a apology or I, I mean maybe we did. But I think it was always interlaced with a denial, and apologies don't really go that f- don't get off the ground when you're like, well, yeah, it didn't happen. But if it did, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, you don't get it.
3: Yeah, well, I guess if I did do that, then, I mean,
1: yeah, if he didn't own it, he didn't own it, and then yeah, people don't really look too good on that. Well, and then I, but I also think that more people almost hate Cleveland because mm-hmm. of it
3: too. Yeah. Oh, there were so many former Vikings or there were ties to Vikings players and coaches uh, that there were Vikings fans that used Cleveland as their satellite team. And then once Watson went there, this is like my wife and Sal Spice on my other show. They're like, yeah, I, I don't like them anymore. No, thanks. And <laughs> so they they just divorced them. Not that they were like, you know, super fans. But as soon as that association came, it was a turnoff. And they were like, nope. And I'm guessing that m- my wife and then Sal Spice aren't the only folks in the world to feel that way. All right, final round, hot seat players. Cody, hit us with your final dude.
4: Yeah, I got Chase Claypool. Uh, this is uh, someone who has traded for the 32nd overall pick for this year's draft, and there's been some turbulence to begin uh, his term in uh, Chicago. Claypool failed to make an impact through seven games last season. He only registered 14 catches for 140 yards while missing two games with a knee injury. In a notoriously difficult system to pick up, we were able to give him some benefit of the doubt. After an offseason to develop a better feel for the playbook and chemistry with his QB, Claypool is expected to carve out a role on this team. He's already off to a poor start by missing time with a soft tissue injury in OTAs in June, and then he started on the pup list, and then again last week showed up with a hamstring injury. With his contract up after this year, Claypool's going to need to show us that he is that player we thought he was during his rookie year, whenever he went off for a 62, 870, and 11 TD stat line. Don't worry, though. Whenever asked about missing time and if that impacts his game, Claypool went on to say work ethic shouldn't be questioned and that he, quote, makes cue cards. I basically just test myself. Then if I get one wrong, I would put it to the side, go through the ones I got wrong and do them until I didn't get one wrong. Mental reps help a lot. Did he go to recess afterward? Uh, That's (laughs) that's quotes from the article. He said that's what's going to make up for him missing practice. I'm not buying it. He's on the hot seat.
3: Yeah, well... All right. Well, I I guess that that's the strategy. I got a lot of quirky shit I do. And so maybe maybe that one works for him. Uh, I agree because the the Bears, I think I said this on the show a month ago, they went from a laughable wide receiving core last year to now like six guys that you're like, oh, that guy could be pretty good. None of them besides DJ Moore really is an identifiable hotshot but they, they're they kind of like the Jets. Um, they got their big guy, and then they got about five dudes that, you know, there's going to be two or three guys that don't make the roster. You're like, oh, wow, that guy's a free agent. So they got the depth. And Claypool, that might not be a good thing after, man, the Bears traded a, a quasi first rounder for him. That was the Joey Porter pick, wasn't
4: it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and I do want to give a shout out to my honorable mention, um, running backs in general. Yeah, uh, I, got, I had hey, that on my list. Sweet, yeah, we got Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, all (laughs) these dudes up for contracts after this year. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, and none of them are gonna earn shit. They could be offensive player of the year. He might make ten mil. Maybe, (laughs) might. Yeah, I'm. I'm. When I saw then you can hold out for an additional mil and get eleven.
3: Yeah, when I saw Saquon do that. When I saw Dalvin get a uh, deal expandable up to 8.6 million, I thought, wow, that might be like the last big one we see. The way that even that was owned. a
4: surprise,
3: yeah, yeah, because I mean, had the money
4: from A Rod, I guess,
3: yeah. And then it works for Vikings fans because it'll shave off two million from next year's cap. So we'll take it. <clears throat> All right, Jason, uh, the, the, was it your final one stolen? You want to elaborate?
4: Well,
1: it, I mean, kind of, I was gonna throw Jonathan Taylor into that, but I mean, I, how do you really? really put a running back on the hot seat when they're already always on it. <laughs> I mean, all those names, Cody, that you just mentioned, um, we will be four years from now, if we're still doing the show, there, there's going to be an entire new list of those names mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And everybody will forget about the guys that you just mentioned by then. Yep. Yep. And that's that's so sad, and it's crazy on so many different levels that I never thought that we'd ever get here. And I know we've talked about it on the show several times, but, man, those poor guys.
4: I mean, yeah. And it's crazy that it's some of the best athletes in the league. This isn't fullbacks we're talking about that are right. being eliminated. This is dudes who you put them in an alley with some dudes from other positions, and they're going to get some winning reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And could you imagine –
1: I mean, it's probably before it's before your time a little bit, Cody. But could you imagine us having this kind of a conversation <laughs> in 1998 with like Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, yeah. Thurman Thomas, Ricky Waters? Those guys. Could you imagine us sitting there saying, "Well, we, these teams don't really need these guys. We'll just replace
4: them." Yeah, or even for me as recently as Adrian Peterson. like You tell me he's going to be playing at 36 years old, Frank Gore, and it's like, yeah. and you tell me, we look at Austin Eckler, who's like 29, and you were to tell me, and Austin Eckler is favorable because he's a pass catcher. We'll take Austin Eckler out. You look at Derrick Henry. There's no way Derrick Henry's starting on an NFL team at 36 years old, and Derrick Henry's arguably as talented or more talented than Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore.
1: Exactly. This is insane. There was a time, a point in not-too-distant history, well, it's about 20 years ago now, maybe a little (laughs) bit more, that a team traded their entire draft (laughs) for a running back. (laughs) Who's that? Ricky
3: Williams! Yeah, the Saints, Ditko. Yep. The, That's uh, insane. I thought oh. we were talking about the Herschel Walker trip. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> well, yeah, that. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that on air.
4: um well, don't period. worry. Everybody, everybody in Texas. Muscle muscle anytime, anytime I'm in Texas and I'm representing the Vikings, I get at least one Herschel Walker comment. Oh yeah, inevitable. And there's nothing <laughs> you can say back. Like there's like, no yeah. silver lining. Hey, hey, he was good. Yeah. For like a, like
3: the, year.
1: My big, biggest memory of that guy is the first game he played with the Vikings. He broke off that 25-yard run, shoe fell off. <laughs> shoe flew off. You remember that?
3: <laughs> yeah, but the only thing you can come back with was like, yeah, how'd that Senate run go for him? But even that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't inflate the Vikings at all. Uh the on on the running back thing, the only way I could wrestle with this and be like, you know what, I do see how this makes sense is if teams only ran the ball about 15-20% of the time but that is not the case. It It's it's diminished, but even the teams that are the most pass happy still run the ball on two-fifths of plays 40% of the time. So yeah. it's not like we're saying to running backs, oh yeah, homie, we only need you on one play every, every three sets of downs. No, yep. you're, they're still expected to get their asses brutalized and pounded by linebackers and uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we've just converted to well, yeah. We're not going to pay you that much because we can just find somebody who's replaceable.
1: But not even run, running, running forty percent of the time. But then you throw in the pass
3: catching on yeah. the backfield,
1: and that puts them up. up damn near fifty percent of the time, they're they're at least involved somehow.
3: Yeah. Blocking, yeah, yeah. All right, Wes, give us your final one, and then I will take us off air.
2: Perfect. Uh, my final one is kind of a layup, uh, pretty obvious one, but uh a recently re- released depth chart uh, indicated that this was a talking point for me. so this is a prime if not uh, not when scenario. Uh, I got Cordero Patterson uh, who has opened on the depth chart as RB1 in Atlanta uh, followed by Tyler Algier and then uh, top rookie Bijan Robinson. Uh, Robinson is the present and future. Uh displaying a robust skill set that allotted him being drafted as the number eight pick in this last draft. Uh the highest drafted running back since Saquon Barkley. Um but as a uh fantasy football player, uh Arthur Smith, you can't really predict what he's gonna do. Um <laughs> uh, they spend this number 8 pick on Robinson he'll probably get a third of the the carries in in Smith's uh offense and it'll just drive everybody absolutely mad uh, sooner or later though the the drum will beat for Bijan and and I believe he'll be forced to uh thrust him into the starting lineup
3: My final one, uh, I got two more. Actually, I can I'll mention them all three in one Uh, Derek Carr, not because the Saints are going to if they don't win the division, get rid of them. But Derek Carr finally has the opportunity to play for a team that focuses more on defense because of Dennis Allen. And for years, actual years, nearly a decade, he was on a Raiders team that was like, yeah, we don't really do that in these parts, but go do your thing. And Carr always kind of lived in that third tier of quarterbacks where you're, you're like, I think he could be good. And, you know, if he played for the Rams in 2021, I, I'm convinced he won have won a Super Bowl as well. But now he finally the excuses are going to run out. He's going to have a defense. Uh, the Saints defense was pretty good last year. Uh, same kind of goes for Kirk Cousins, not necessarily uh, the excuses. But uh, he, he doesn't have any years attached to his deal beyond 2023. And so I think even him, he said, you know, we'll talk about that next March. The Vikings ownership, the Vikings coach, everybody just wants to see what happens this year before they get married to cousins who will be 35 in a few days. So I think he's certainly on the hot seat, although if he doesn't. Stay with the Vikings. I'm sure he'll get a job with the 49ers or Patriots or somebody like Derek Carr's free agency last year. And then finally, uh, a strong case could be made for Russell Wilson because uh, this is Sean Payton is here. And I think that they're willing because of the money to give this one hurrah in the benefit of the doubt that uh, Russell Wilson, you can't just have 10 years of luck with the team. And I think if, if Payton can get him back on track, then lovely and that'll make everybody happy because you know he's he has all that guaranteed money on his deal but Peyton is also very uh, <laughs> set in his ways that if the shit and the shenanigans start i don't think he'll hesitate to say that wasn't my choice to have that guy so he he's benched yeah and then yeah, he will too. and then the, then the next off season would get extraordinarily interesting cuz russell would have to go somewhere and who knows what his trade value would be uh, the Broncos would probably have to draft the next guy. Uh, I don't know who would be in the trade market other than Kyler Murray. There'll be a couple names, but yeah, Carr, Cousins, and Wilson. That's what I got. Yeah, now, man. Ne- now to- when we text and when we talk next week, we're only going to be about a week away from roster shave downs. Um, about 1,200 players on the same day will either be unemployed or hitting the practice squad. Uh, we don't have it incrementally anymore. But, gentlemen, you think about next week what you want to talk about. We are so damn close. You can taste it. We could do another fantasy
4: angle, or we can do some uh, NFL on the whole. What do you got, Cody? I can't leave this episode without mentioning Brandon Ayuk, the <laughs> most underrated receiver in the league, tearing it up at practice once again. I You, mean, like you, guys, are you, gonna, like you guys are going to be shocked.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about Kirk Cousins being the only player in NFL history to, aside from his rookie deal, play his entire career on fully guaranteed deals. That's a big, big deal. He needs to be the running back out of here. He's been on (laughs) yeah, I mean, he just he just keeps playing for guaranteed dollars. Yeah.
3: Yeah, now that you say that, yep, there there isn't his rookie contract with yeah, and and then the franchise tags are fully going guaranteed. Yeah, he's got it, he's got the blueprint. Yes, man. He did it perfect. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next Wednesday night.
4: All right. Good night, guys. Later. Later. Later.